The Carmichael Dave Show. He's on the microphone when he's not on the microphone. He's playing a song, and when he's not playing a song, he's on the microphone, and then boom! With Jason Ross. No, he didn't! Yes, he did! Call or text at 916-339-1140. It's the Carmichael Dave Show with Jason Ross on Sacktown Sports. morning happy friday to one and all all creatures great and small and around good morning chris good morning how are you good 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 fun fun hey um do you know what we're gonna do today hmm i think i know what we're gonna do what's that have a blast that's right i was trying to remember what we were need to do today and i was thinking ah, man that's right have a blast. That's Let's what we're going to kick it. That's what we're going to do today and we're going to kick it with all of you. Those of you already on the YouTube chat this morning. Good morning. 6 a.m. You're up. It's not bright yet. It's early. I'm not even up. I know. I'm sleeping. It's uh rained a lot overnight, obviously. Um I have a I wouldn't say I have a knack for this. That wouldn't be the the accurate case. Yesterday, I was trying to do the predictor. Uh, you know, it was we knew it was going to rain yesterday, and it rained some during the day, and it was kind of like a little smattering. And we we have a couple different routes that we like to walk every day, and it was just my son and I yesterday. And I was probably almost to the farthest point away that I could be from the house, and then just boom, just completely dumped on us. Like if you. If you, I usually wouldn't go out to walk in the rain. It's not, I'm not bothered by it, but it's a little weird to start something knowing you're going to get rained on. But I knew there was a potential. I was prepared for it, but you're out and then you're just like, oh man, I am literally the farthest part away from the house. Well, we're just going to get wet. That was the case. Didn't time that very well. I remember a time... (laughs) I think I said this story before. I was a kid. I used to, anytime I had extra time as a kid, just go to the park and shoot baskets, shoot baskets, play, 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 play. And Chris, it was just absolutely dumping, just pouring rain, in, which didn't do happen that much in Irvine and Orange County. But I was at the local park that I always went to, Daybreak. Shout out, Daybreak. Um, and I'm out there just shooting, shooting hoops by myself in the pouring rain. I remember this van pulls up. And he's like, hey, kid. What are you doing? It's pouring. And I'm like, I know. That was our that was her discussion. It's like I, I appreciate the concern, I guess, but what I, I, I was already wet. Like at that point Isn't little, that weird of that was a day when adults could just like kind of say that to you? Could just they were like ahead of you as kids. Yeah. <laughs> And maybe like they were like if your parents weren't there, the next adult was supposed to be your parent figure. Yeah, they were like, I'm going to adult for you and be. But I don't even know what I mean. I think the cautionary tales like, what are you doing? Like, go home. Maybe was the tone. But 
when it's it didn't just start raining. It had been raining like that, you know, to the point where like the ball would psh, splash because it's just there's just wet on the court and it was an outdoor court and it didn't seem to bother me because I was getting my shots up. Um, had to get ready for my NBA career. Still working on that. Um, would that not happen now? I don't know. I think people just leave people, hmm. more people leave people alone. I guess unless you know. Yeah, if I need a kid, hey, yeah. what are you doing? It's like a neighborhood kid. Then you probably say their name. It's like, hey, well, not even a neighborhood kid. Really? Yeah. Well, then how would you know the kid? Like seeing them around the neighborhood. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah, but you kid. don't know, like, but you don't know them. Not to the same way. I mean, I wonder if you know that has definitely changed. I would say over the years, you know, like, hey, your name. I mean, how much time did you spend alone as a kid? Like, if your parents were ever gone, was that like normal thing or fine? Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, now that I think about it, it's funny that you, your generation was just like, hey, if there's an adult, listen to them. And my generation was never talk to an adult you don't know. <laughs> yeah. I think about uh, my mom and my stepdad went on a trip when I was in high school. So I mean, I was party at my parents' <laughs> house. I was a junior. Yes, I was a junior. So was that sixteen ish, seventeen ish? Depend, you know, it depends on what time 16. of year. Um, they were gone for six weeks. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, six weeks. You believe that? And that uh, is wild. Wait, yeah. so who was at the house? Me. Just you? Yeah. And a t- like, I'm trying to think if my well, no, my older brother was in college. Um, yeah, for the most part, just me. And sometimes I had a a, a step brother that could come through my stepsister. Yeah, just. But it's pretty much just me at the house. What do you remember? Like what time of the year this was? Oh, it was definitely during school. Wow! So you're just like getting up? Are you yeah. driving to school? Um, or walking, or riding my bike? Oh, okay. Or I didn't have a car at 16. No, uh, I, I, I anything. You know what? If they left and I had my, I don't know if I had my license yet. I guess is what I'm thinking of because I remember getting my license right away at 16, which is also a thing now that people just seemingly don't do. Um, but I just couldn't wait to drive any car. Like, oh, mom, can I use your car? Uh, sure. Where are you going? I don't. I just wanted to have. I I don't even know if I had a plan. It's like I get to drive a car. This is so fun. Um, so if they were gone, I would have been able to use a car. But I don't remember if I was 16 yet. So I might have been. Man, you must have been a pretty good kid. For the most part, but then there was one time like we were. This is. I think we had a you know card part. Like we were playing cards. Uh-huh. You know, we, my friends and I we do that a lot. And, you know, we were pretty, I would say, pretty innocent kids. And uh, we were doing that one time at the house. So we were technically, I guess, gambling. Everybody would bring, like, a change cup, and we're uh-huh. playing, you know, whatever games we were playing with cards. And then I think there was another weekend. I'm like, yeah, we can do that again. And then before you know it, like, there are, like, seniors, and there are other people coming <laughs> in. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. So, like, that's where other people spread the word. You're like, no, this is not cool. And nothing really happened, but that I remember freaking me out. Like, nope, no party more. at my parents' house. <laughs> not happening. Not gonna do this because you know, I, I could. I had. I told you this, and I think we brought this up. And I think this was a good analogy. What What did we land on, Chris, between me, you, and Dave, about, um, kind of the perception of of like if we were all together, if we were all in high school, what would happen? Like to me. I, I would remember this. Uh, well, no, I think we talked about like I would always be the one in the thing, whatever it was, but would never get in trouble. I had a oh knack, yeah, yeah yeah. I had a knack for like, well, Jason probably didn't do it. It's like, well, I 
kind of did, but I just didn't get in trouble. And I wasn't really a troublemaker. But like because it was so th- rare. Yeah, but I mean, and I wouldn't ever do anything that would be like, okay, that's like dangerous or really harmful or just completely stupid. But it might be whatever. Like, hey, you guys are, the three of us are in the back of the class and we're all talking. And they'd be like, quiet, Chris, Dave. And it's like, and I was talking too. Yeah, yeah. That would be something that would happen to me. Yeah. Like, I don't know, just had that either a look about me or just people like, oh, he didn't do it. I'm like, well, this like, might surprise you, but a lot of the time when I was getting told by the teacher to stop talking, it would be like, I would say something and the teacher would be like, okay, Chris. Yeah. No, that does not <laughs> like, surprise me. <laughs> like me and Damien's experience. That was most of my, me yeah. and my teacher's experience. <laughs> just the, oh my God. <laughs> oh, the one I said when with my teacher, when he put, when I had that black eye and he pulled me aside, like everything okay. And then yeah. like, I explained what happened. Okay, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, when is this class over? When is like, he, when is I he think graduate? a lot of it was like, I didn't do anything bad. I didn't do anything wrong. It mm-hmm. was just weird. So it's just like, they don't know what to say about it. It's it's not like someone like, hey, don't do that again. Or why did you do that? It's just like, well, okay. <laughs> yeah. Is he out of the school yet? When do we, when are we, when are we done with this kid? I mean, the stuff you've told me that you've de- you did at your school and different stories is... You would have been, a, if I was a younger teacher, I'm like, this kid's kind of fun and funny, but also I'm like, oh, man, when is he gone? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you explained it perfectly. Yeah, I can't wait. to. But I feel like your teachers would have good stories about you. Like, I wonder how they tell the stories. Yeah, that is true. You know, because we all have our perception of how things went. But like, you know, did you always, I didn't have that many teachers that I go, oh, Teacher X in the 10th grade made the biggest difference. In my, I just didn't. And they, there was nothing wrong with my teachers. We're all fine. But some people have that. Like, that was the teacher that I wanted to become a writer because they pushed me. And I just didn't have anybody like that for me, per se. But I wonder if any teachers, and you know, still talk about you or Dave or me or just, I, I don't know if that's like We had their such stories. a small school. What's weird, I've actually met up with teachers. Like, I met up with some teachers. They were there for, like, a couple of years and then they moved away, and then they were visiting town, and yeah. like I through like Facebook and stuff connected with them, like, oh, let's go get breakfast someplace. Yeah, and they were they were like such young teachers, and it was like, wow, we're kind of the same age. That's the weirdest thing I think about growing up. Like the age when you're younger, age seems so. I mean, I remember when my parents were turning like forty and then fifty. I'm like, they're a hundred. I mean, it just seemed so old or if you're you know when I was uh playing sports and you'd have a maybe a younger coach but you didn't know that what younger man everybody was older than you yeah I'm like this guy's a, he's a man and he they might have been like 25 <laughs> and you're 17 but it just seemed like oh they're they're grown up there they've got their life all figured out like it just it's a weird age then and then now you could be like someone could be 10 15 years apart as you get to 30 40 50 you're like yeah that's no big deal isn't it weird you think there's an age where like everything's figured out Mm -hmm. and then you find out like i'm getting there i don't think that's ever i'm getting there (laughs) i think i'm gonna find it and figure it out um but yeah and then you have the then there were probably teachers that weren't in the 20s to you that might have been like seemingly old and you go or if they you know had gray hair earlier or whatever it might be and then you found out later, like, they were 38 or whatever it was. And it just, again, that age thing. But also, when you're in school, if you're like a freshman or sophomore, oh, no, they're a senior. It's like, they might. Yeah, that's and weird. they might be, depending on how old you are, they, they might be a year older than you. Or as you get like, well, like, when you're getting older and you meet up with people and you become friends with people mm-hmm. that are like way younger, it's like, man, 
when I was a senior in high school, you were in sixth grade. Yeah, it's like that would have that have been weird. But now when it's I not. was in sixth grade, you're in college. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's all perspective, and certainly um, interesting. I don't even know how we got. Oh, we're talking about uh, all that talking about the rain. <laughs> uh, update two, by the way, and I'm sure uh, those of you that have been checking in on or wondering about Dave. Dave has uh, been off, not doing. Uh, he's been sick, but I did talk to him yesterday. Finally. And he's doing better, which is good. So I think he's hopefully uh, turning the corner, as they say. Yeah, I figured out he was doing better when he started trashing uh, Leeds fans on Twitter. Yeah, because he posted his one tweet to kind of let everybody know that he was sick. Um, And then he really wasn't doing much. And you know stuff's going on. And I think it was two days ago where I had text a couple times during the day and even called him. Like, he's not responding at all. I'm like, is he okay? Like literally okay. I mean, I knew he wasn't. He was. He was sick. I'm like, is he okay? And then yeah. So he's he's doing better. And you know, who knows? Maybe he's back here by Monday. So uh, just keep just keep keep on keeping on, Dave. Keep on uh, getting better. So we appreciate him. We appreciate all of you uh, for being with us all week long. We have got a busy show for you today. It is Friday. It's March first. You ready for Christmas, Chris? Get your shopping yeah. done. Lights up. It's weird. It felt like yesterday was March first. It's almost like we had a like an extra day. I can't believe that's not a holiday. We Leap should day? have that as a holiday. Yeah, what would we do? I mean, just the days off. Like, you, I don't even know what the... We don't have enough days off. And the UK, they have these things called bank holidays, and it's like once every, like, six weeks on top of holidays, you just get an extra holiday. Yeah. Well, every year... Not every year. Every once in a while, if I'm tuning in the news, like, the story will come up about people really pushing for the four-day work week, you know? And I always have thought that's uh, a great Christopher Lodd story time. was just about that. <laughs> I always think that's a great idea. Could we do that literally in our like? Yeah, I've thought about that, too. Like, how would that work? Yeah. Like, I would have to everybody would have to be on the four day weekend for us to have a four day. Yeah, because I mean, look, sports and stuff goes on, hopefully entertainment or information, all that goes on. You know, maybe it's literally like individuals would get four days, but then maybe a, a, a fifth day someone else does the show would be the only way. I don't even know how that would work. I mean, one, I don't mind doing this every day, but it's still the premise of it would be nice to have three. And, and for the most part, I'm assuming when people talk about the four-day work week, they're talking about either a Monday through Thursday or a Tuesday through Friday. I hope it's not a Monday, Tuesday, off Wednesday, work Thursday, Friday. That That doesn't seem right. I wouldn't like that. I had a job where my days off were in the middle of the week, Tuesday and Thursday. Yeah. And like the idea of just like, oh, well, you never work more than three days, but that drags on. Yeah. I mean, I would say about this job, the perk about if there is one about getting up as early as we do to be here, um, kind of when your day is done, like a lot of people are right in the middle of work. And if you have some weird different stuff to get done, you're like, hey, there's not as many people out and about. Except on Sunday. <laughs> When you're what thinking about getting up so early, it's like day? Oh, this isn't even. It doesn't even feel like a day off. Yeah, because you're already going like, well, got to probably go to bed earlier. Got the week starts soon. Got to go. Yeah, it's different. It's it's the uh, it's the price we pay. We know what we got ourselves into. All right, what we're getting ourselves into today. Uh, oh the, man, I'm out of cash. The Kings are playing the Minnesota Timberwolves to close out this road trip. Can they get back in the win column? We will talk about that today. Uh, joining us at 8 o'clock, the radio voice of the Minnesota Timberwolves, the first place Minnesota Timberwolves. Quite a year for them. Alan Horton will be joining us. We also will have our Sacramento Town Sports Kings insider, Brendan Nunes, 
will be in studio with us at 9 o'clock and so much more. That's all coming up as we continue right here on Sacktown Sports. Let's do it. Leading off the three top stories in the morning. Huge news. This is very important. Here's cut number one. We're in the final minute of play. Minnesota unbeaten on the home floor this year. Now looking possibly at their first defeat. Fox with a runner in the lane. Add two more to his tally. That's the dagger right there from fourth quarter Fox. Uh, One of the better wins of the year for this Sacramento Kings squad early on in-season tournament game in Minnesota. T-Wolves had not lost a home game, but the Kings got them. And a great win then. They get another opportunity to try to get Minnesota tonight as uh, the Kings quest to try to get to the top six, top four even, avoid the play-in. Right now they're still in the play-in. We'll update how the night in the NBA went, including a a surprise, and they're a near-second surprise as well as uh, the Kings are in action tonight to take on the Minnesota Timberwolves, as we said. We'll have much more on this game. We'll preview it. Uh, We'll get a couple different angles from it, the Minnesota side with Alan Horton, the radio voice of the T-Wolves, and our own Sacktown Sports Kings insider, Brendan Nunez, uh, will join us a little bit later. All right, let's get to cut number two. Cut number two. Projected to be the number one pick (laughs) in in the top pick in the draft next year. What does being... The one. The one. Well, the Indiana Fever could have the first pick, so people may, may or may or not, may not, maybe will have the duo. I don't know. Remains to be seen. Um, but me and Leah might be teammates at some point. You never know. We were teammates before, we were so maybe we'll have to reconnect. I don't know. That was all the way back in October when it was uh, a discussion there about Caitlin Clark. Would she go professional? Well, she made it official. She is going to go pro. Uh, Yeah, she's already played four full years, shattered all these records, did have an opportunity to play another season if need be, Um, but she has elected to take her talents to the WNBA, and most likely that will be with the Indiana Fever. Uh, Chris, do you care to tell the story you told me before the show about the reach of Caitlin Clark? (laughs) Oh, my uh, uh, source in... uh Indianapolis. Yeah, so tell me about this source and their sports background. Uh, they know n- very little about sports. Okay, so in a 1 to 10, they're about a 1 or a 2? I would say a 2. Okay. Uh, they know very little about Indiana sports specifically. Okay. And so as a joke, I asked them, hey, do you know who Caitlin Clark is? So you're you're 95% sure you're going to get a no. I have no idea who yeah, that is. No. And then, like, as I say who it is, I'm expecting, like, a, why, why would you expect me to know that? Yeah. I said, do you know who Caitlin Clark is? And she says, yeah, the Fever have the first pick this year. <laughs> Doubling down. So you think they knew Caitlin Clark more because of Caitlin Clark or the fact that people in Indiana are talking about the Fever having the first pick and this is who they might get? I think the latter. Yeah. I think that, that she, was the like, connection. she happened to see people talking about yeah. that. Um, I mean, she is a big deal. And this is pretty cool that, you know, she's electing this route. Again, I would not have faulted her for. Like, imagine if the Monarchs were still around. Yeah. And and they had the number one pick. This would be a huge deal. Oh, yeah. We'd be leading off with it. Absolutely. We're leading off with it now. (laughs) And we have nothing to do with the WNBA anymore. Um, Yeah, it's it's really exciting, I think, for the finish now of her Iowa career. Has her final game coming up with the ticket prices that we talked about being up to 400 bucks on the cheap end to get in. 
to the WNBA career, and I don't know, you know, the entirety of what her WNBA career is going to be. There are other great players, but she has become college basketball's face, maybe the women's sports basketball, maybe the, I don't know if overall, but certainly college basketball. And good for her. And you could have made arguments to stay because of the name recognition, name, image, and likeness, maybe all the things that she could have done even more at Iowa, but she is officially elected to go pro. And yeah, look for her to go number one to the Indiana Fever. All right, let's get our third and final cut. Cut number three. 28 for Victor Wembanyama. Holmgren trying to answer. He is stuffed and taken away. Places going bananas. Yeah, the Spurs don't have many wins, but hey, it does happen to other teams around the NBA. The Spurs, the team with the worst record in the Western Conference, beat the Oklahoma City Thunder, who started who started the night with the best record, or tie with Minnesota for the best record in the Western Conference. So, a uh, tough loss there for OKC. Battle of Rookie of the Year candidates, Chet Holmgren, Victor Webanyama, and the battle goes to Victor Webanyama and the San Antonio Spurs. So, um, yeah, it does happen around the league, but that was really a good win. Great win for them. There was almost... I agree. There was almost a couple of other uh, upsets in the NBA last night. We'll go through the NBA and the what happened last night in the NBA a little bit later. But um, we've said it before. We'll continue to say it that this league really is competitive from top to bottom. And, yeah, the Kings have one of those losses, too, to Detroit, the team. Uh, one of the teams with the worst records down there with Washington. They still play the Wizards again, and you just go, man, those games I don't like because – you're supposed to win. You need to win. If you win by just a few points, it's not a great win. If you win by 25 or more, no one's really that impressed. And all you have really is to lose. And if you lose, then you have to deal with it and wear it and realize, man, you're one of the teams that got it. You don't want it to be you. And it was you. And you just have to uh, compartmentalize that and move on. But you also realize later when if you're in a spot where you wanted to be the five seed as opposed to the seven or whatever the standings are, you look back at these kind of games. Now, I don't know how much damage, if any, this will do the Thunder. The beauty of where they are is they've built that cushion, something the Kings have been unable to do. So we'll talk more about all the games in the NBA, certainly more about what the Sacramento Kings have in store tonight. Uh, But when we come back, it is March. So that signifies a couple of new beginnings or endings in this case for college basketball. March Madness will be coming up. It's starting just in a in a few weeks, which is exciting. But March also starts officially the beginning of the Major League Baseball season. There were some changes around Major League Baseball, including, I believe we got eight new managers, a couple we want to focus in on, including right here in San Francisco in our area with Bob Melvin coming back to the Bay. He will coach and manage the Giants, the impact of that, and some of the other moves. We've got that coming up here on Sackdown Sports. The Carmichael Dave Show with Jason Ross. Call or text at 916-339-1140. On Sacktown Sports. Back here on the show, Jason Ross with you. Carmichael Dave will be back with us next week. Christopher Laud in the break as we're getting ready for a new baseball season. We're going to talk about some of the changes around Major League Baseball with some new guys 
guiding teams here that I'm looking forward to. Uh, Chris, you were telling me, where did you get those numbers on, was it Cincinnati Bengals or Reds? I guess it was both because they shared a stadium, right? Oh, yeah, okay, back in the late, yeah. was it late 80s or early 90s? 1989. Okay. Uh, someone just shared it on Twitter, and they're just talking about, like, the concessions. I mean, we go to the, I mean, Golden One is amazing, but, yeah. like, you see some of the prices. But you have to like, pay for it. Yeah, it's like, yeah. oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hot dog, a dollar. And this is 1989 in Cincinnati. Yeah, okay. hot dog, a dollar. You want a brat? Dollar fifty. Super dog, dollar seventy five. Oh, I wonder what was the difference between the super dog if it was just uh <clears throat> length. <laughs> so like say you wanted sauerkraut, extra twenty five cents. Ooh, pay for the upsell upsell there. Uh peanuts, eight ounces. That's gonna set you back two bucks. That's interesting why that's two comparatively. Okay. Yeah, because you get potato chips for fifty cents. Hmm. Giant pretzels a dollar, giant cookie a dollar, stay in a souvenir helmet, a dollar fifty. Uh, th- this is oh a beer twenty ounce beer two seventy five or a bottle of beer two dollars. This was 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 interesting that I guarantee you will not find in a single stadium anymore. Twenty five cents for a cigar. <laughs> um, they must have been terrible cigars. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, the other thing too about that helmet Sunday, which is always seemingly a hit, especially at baseball stadiums, the helmets are getting tiny. Yes. And the price is not getting shorter. Is it, um, it's Atlanta Falcons. Aren't they the ones that still have like what they would be deemed affordable, um, concession prices? Aren't they like ridiculously cheap, I would say, or inexpensive? Yeah. I want to say like it's for the, for like hot dogs. Yeah. I think are like three bucks and like popcorn. It's like the, it's not your like high end stuff. Right. That every stadium has, which I think like a lot of stadiums should have. Like if you want people to be there. Yeah. Because I've been to Levi Stadium, it's not worth getting anything. Yeah, the tricky one, I bet even like if we say, and I don't even remember the breakdown anymore, but of Golden One Center, uh, some of the people that own the Kings also own some of the property right there. And it's almost like, wait, no, I want you to go to Golden One and I want you to buy food here, but also that's that's our restaurant out there. Like, And I have not gone to Golden One, let me see. Maybe once or twice. Yeah, maybe a few more. Maybe about less than five, I would say, as what I would deem as a fan. I mean, I'm generally working. But I'm trying to think if I was a fan, if I, more times than not, when I go to a sporting event, I go and eat at the event. As opposed to, hey, let's, it's if the Kings were at home tonight with Minnesota, it's Friday night, Chris, let's go to the game. Let's go get some drinks and eat at, one of the places right there. I think I would rather go with you to the game and eat at the game. That would be my preference. Now, if you said, hey, let's get there at 5.30, we'll get some food, whatever we want to get coming in, and then we'll go to the game. I don't know what more people do. I'm usually a eat elsewhere. I mean, I would say in general, the Golden One has pretty good food. I would say, obviously, there's more choices. The food there is, like, so good. Yeah. But then at the same time, you're paying to eat it there. So, I mean, and it's – Fun to be at a restaurant and kind of go through that experience too. I'm, I'm, but like I said, every time if I've gone to a concert or some other event there, I generally have already eaten or eat there and don't go somewhere else first. But that's, and then like I, I would say like my choices would be eat at home, eat some place close to there. Well, like Golden One, it really is everything so close. I would just pick a spot in Midtown. Yeah. yeah, and then the other part is, and I don't know the answer to this because I'm always there post, you know, for post game and there for a while. 
Um, especially like those Friday nights or maybe in the in the playoffs when you know they were hosting the Warriors and just people were everywhere before and after. I, I got to imagine the play, especially if they, they had some of those that were day game or, or like a twelve thirty or I don't know if they had that early. Maybe they did. I think they had one certainly yeah. in a, a weekend afternoon. Um, the afterwards would also be fun. Like, yes. hey, no, no, we're not leaving. Like, let's just still be here. Let's be amongst everybody, and then let's go to Yard House. Except or for Game Seven, yeah, that was a clear out. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was like I got in my car and got out as fast as possible. Yeah. I don't want to be here anymore. No part of this. Someone might have said that to me. <laughs> uh, that's another one I guess we've talked before about. I, I'm a fan of, you know, if you go to the game. Like, for me, if I go to the game, I'm I'm basically staying, barring some sort of circum. Like, you know, everybody's got a circumstance. But more times than not, it's a traffic. Like, I got to go. I, I come to the game like I'm I'm here for the event on a on a on a deciding game. Some could make the argument. No, you got to stay to the end, support the team. But it's like that's it's also pretty tough. It's it's not like, hey, good job. Like it was disappointing. Like you, a lot of times you want to get out of that situation that I like stayed through like everyone. Walking off the court. Walking off the court yeah. and stuff like that. I think you got to do that. But it's not really normal for, like, the players to come back out and, like, thank you for – like, they're disappointed. They just lost game seven. They were thinking about the next round. And yeah. The season is over. And then you go, is this team going to be the same? In, uh, so, in soccer, what their big thing is, like, they've got the home fans and the away fans. Like, it's big on staying there because the, fa- the players go and, like – it's not, like, personally, but they come out and they, like – they like applaud the fans yeah. for being out there, especially the away fans, like knowing that they come out. Like, even if you lose, it's like big to go to your fans that made the trip out there just yeah. to let them know that you yeah. appreciate the support. The one that always seems odd to me is the individual sport is tennis. So, you and I are playing a Grand Slam final where at Wimbledon, you beat me, and maybe it's just a heartbreaker for me. Maybe I choke. What did it even matter? You beat me, and we both have to. Stick around. I have to hear you get interviewed in front of everybody. I have to go up to the podium or the stage. You know, Jason gave me a great game, yeah. but uh, hey, and I'm like, this I'm better. Son of a... And you're just like, yeah. Thank you, everybody. I'm, I just lost. It's just really fun to see. And have you Tennis seen my... overall, I think, is like really strange. That is weird that they do that. Like, if you're in a team sport and the Niners had to stick around watching the Chiefs do that, it's like, well, there's... 60 of you and you know it's not one person's fault per se and you're like yeah this stinks no, but, but i mean like everything around tennis mm-hmm. like the big tennis ball to get autographs <laughs> the first time i saw that i'm yeah. like what is this yeah. like i i couldn't imagine going to a baseball game and seeing someone with a big giant baseball, baseball. i mean you could still sign the smaller tennis ball yeah. it is possible uh you mentioned baseball it is here basically spring training is up and going um, we've got some new managers around baseball, which is always something to kind of, you know, see what the differences will be. There are a couple names to me when I was looking at uh, the eight new managers that will be guiding teams this year that that jump out before we get to certainly the the local flair. Um, Steven Vogt, well, he was kind of a fan favorite with the Oakland A's, spent some time with the Giants. Um, he only had one year since retiring, worked as a uh, bench coach, I believe it was with the Mariners. And now he's going to be the coach of the Cleveland Guardians, the manager of the Guardians. So anxious to see how he does. He's still a young guy and um, I guess probably always felt like a manager, I guess. One of the rare moves where when you go to Cleveland, you're going to a better city. (laughs) 
Um, the other one that's interesting is Chicago got Craig Council. Um, they were very high on him. They already had uh, David Ross. He had was under contract for another year. But when Council showed interest, they showed interest, and they brought him in uh, to be the new uh, manager there. And then Bob Melvin is taking over the San Francisco Giants. And I'm a really big fan of Bob Melvin. Bob Melvin's got a pretty good track record uh, around Major League Baseball, really well-respected. He's been manager of the year multiple times. He's managed several different teams, usually very successful. The whole run in San Diego is very bizarre to me. His last job, when the first time I heard that the Oakland A's granted him permission to interview with San Diego, I'm like, he's gone. There's no way if the Padres are interested and Melvin's even remotely interested, are the A's going to be able to keep him? Based on what the A's have been doing, stripping down their team year by year, this was kind of pre-decision to move or the rumors were out that, that they might want to move to Vegas. And Melvin realized, like, look, there's going to be a better opportunity for me. And then it didn't really last very long. San Diego had just immense talent, and they never quite achieved it. And sure, some of that has to go to Melvin. But it, it was a roster that was put together of high-priced, talented players that just didn't quite gel, at least in the second year. The first year, they did some playoff damage, but not the second year. So um, him getting an opportunity to come back, he's a Bay Area guy. Obviously, he played at Cal, managed the A's. But now as a Giant, we'll see if he's a guy that can – impact the win-loss column because last year everything I saw from day one about the San Francisco Giants I remember saying this earlier I go wow is this team screaming 500 to me it was like they're not bad they're not good they're just this team is going to be right around 500 all year long and that's there's a couple weeks where they would get above 500 by a few games like oh maybe they're overachieving a bit then they'd get that losing skid and get right back to around there so that's what they felt like I don't know how much there's a few roster tweaks not the ones that they you know they were hoping to land some high-priced guys the last couple of years from Bryce Harper to Aaron Judge to Shohei Otani and didn't get any of them. But Bob Melvin guiding things will, I think, at least maximize what they have. Let's put it that way. And so I'm anxious to see how he does as one of the new managers in Major League Baseball. All right, still to come, we will talk about last night in the NBA and the next hour. We'll preview Kings and Timberwolves. But when we come back, it's Friday. We're starting a new month, but we're going to we're going to tell you some good news. Tell me something good. we got some really good news to share. Uh, we're going to do that when we come back here on Sacktown Sports. Waking you up with the best in local sports. They just make it interesting, you know? It's the Carmichael Dave Show with Jason Ross. On Sacktown Sports. One of the things we used to do on the uh, when I was with Doug in the afternoons, Doug Christie, is we get to Friday, maybe the end of the show, it's like we play "Tell Me Something Good" by Shaka Khan and Rufus, and uh, you know we'd go around and it's like, "Hey, look, we got plenty of bad news to discuss, plenty of tough things going on in this world, but tell me something good. Let's get some good news out there." Some would say the best uh, segment on the station. And didn't Doug say like, "Who, who, who would say that?" Some, some, yeah, some would say that, and so. Um, I, I personally, I mean, look, who doesn't like good news? I mean, I think you'd like to hear that good stories, feel good stories. I'm, I'm a sucker for those. Like, um, some of those, oh, and one more thing in the news. And then they go to that, especially if it's like a real heartwarming thing. It's like, oh man, it gets to the, gets to the heartstrings. You like that. 
and uh, you appreciate it. We I got a couple of a couple of doses here. First and foremost, uh, a couple of people we end up talking about quite a bit on the show, just for a variety of reasons. But a massive, massive shout out to our guys Pat and Tom. Hey, how about that? They found out yesterday. I, I think it was yesterday. We found out yesterday. But uh, there was a couple different things going on. I believe it was in Nashville. Um, but they found out they're going into the Country Music Hall of Fame. I mean, that's in- absolutely incredible in the Country Hall of Fame. It's weird to know people outside of Sacramento know Pat and Tom. I know. And uh, that is really, really cool. 30-plus years here together. And Cody's with them, too. I don't want to ignore Cody in this. Those eh, but two- she's not in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Those two getting recognized. But the trio has been a, a really a great show. Those two, though, have been together for so long. And... Awesome guys. They're basically a couple at this point. Yeah. I mean, they know each other, obviously, all the way through. They talk about each other and how much that they care and appreciate each other. Yeah. And at the same time, talk about what gets them on their nerves. Yeah. (laughs) Like a couple, right? Like, they know, uh, do you hear what he did? Oh, but he did this. And it's like, wait. And then next moment, they're talking about how great the other guy is. So, uh, that's really, really cool. And it's so uh, awesome. So, it's such an amazing honor and those two guys have been uh, doing this very effectively for a long, long time, which is pretty difficult to do in one area like that. So good for them. It was really cool news to hear. We got kind of a staff email. I wasn't able to go to the lunch yesterday. Did they announce that there? Or? No. Okay. I don't know if it was out yet. It might have been around then. Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the time-wise. Well, the staff lunch was good. I didn't have a chance to go to that. Yeah, it's cool. Good. What was the uh, best thing that you uh, ate there? Uh, they had this uh, barbecue chicken that was really good. I saw them working on that. Yeah, oh, the hot links were really good. Nice. And were people did people bring sides or was that just kind of they were just yeah. uh, there's like I think chili beans and potato salad. Okay, can't go wrong there. Um, so that's one slice of the good news. Congrats again to Pat and Tom for entering the Hall of Fame there and well deserved. Like we said, the other one is uh, sports related, Sacramento Kings related, but more human interest related. Uh, we've been following the story of former King Scott Pollard. And Scott was really, really sick. I mean, really sick. And I got, don't think we truly knew how bad it was until no. he was in the hospital. And I don't think, and even seeing stories, I don't think he knew how bad it was. Yeah. I mean, I think he knew something wasn't quite right. But, uh, and a lot of times, look, now it's like a PSA. There, Your body's going to tell you things. Like, really do your best out there if there's any kind of... Uh, public service announcement listen to your body and it's okay to go to the doctor don't be like i'm fine i'm fine don't ignore the signs of whatever it might be however you're feeling and hey at worst case you went to the doctor you're good nothing's wrong cool um but he basically got to a spot where he was told he was going to need a heart i mean there was no other way he was going to survive and that isn't always easy He, he was going to you know unfortunately you need to get it from someone who recently had passed and is the surgery going to work and all that stuff and there's a lot of complications um and early on once he was in the hospital then found out he was going to get the heart um he's always going to be lively and upbeat he's just funny that way that's his personality and I was amazed at how quickly the recovery was going and he was already up and walking and was supposed to do like you know like get as many steps in as you can and then he's doing laps and first day First like, day he's walking, and then like a day or two later, like he's moving, not just like I mean, he was using a walker to get, and then then it's like people carrying the everything that he's connected to, 
And then, of course, every time it's like his gown's too short, he's his uh, backside showing is what he's like, yeah, I can you guys cover me up, <laughs> you know. Um, but the best news of all was yesterday. So I think it was, if I read this right, 13 days removed. So yeah. Less than two weeks. Scott Pollard was able to do this and ring the bell. huge moment for scott pollard for his family his wife his entire family it was the doctors and nurses and you know the many heroes um that help and to help go through that and and to ring the bell is an amazing moment to get out of the hospital like that and that's awesome i mean a new basically a new lease on life for him and so uh feel good story there for sure so happy for scott for his family and that's that's so um you know, we get one life. You got one opportunity, and here he is with this new chance. And I'm so happy for him because it, it really could have gone. We know which way it could have gone for him. So so happy for him. Yeah, and then so Kings watching that maybe make it a little easier on Scott's heart. Now. Exactly, like the rest of us you've put us through this year. So good for him. The, again, like I said, um, doctors and nurses, just so many heroic people that help in um, on the day-to-day basis and they know there's some people that don't get that opportunity that don't make it out of there and I'm glad for him that it all worked out and you know just kind of following it along you know teammates and and the Kings and everyone else is just really really pleased to see how that went so definitely wanted to share it if you had not heard that news um, you know thought we would certainly share but it was it was clearly one of those feel-good heartwarming stories so Congratulations to Scott Pollard and his family. Um, I don't even know other way to segue, but that was an awesome one. I, I really love that story. Do you have any other uh, slices of good news? I mean, that's about as good as we get with Pat and Tom in the um, Hall of Fame and Scott Pollard leaving the hospital after just 13 days. Like I was like, even like, I'm glad you're good, but you know, you can stay a little longer just to I make know, sure. I know, that's what I'm thinking I mean, We don't too. need to rush this. Like, 13 is great, it's impressive, and maybe it's back to that kind of athlete mentality. Like, I'm good, I'm up. I, You know, you should probably get 20 steps in today. Um, like, you know, we ended up, uh, when my son was going through all the different things he had to, we said, you know, we called it the Jackson 500 because he would do, you know, if he could do a lap around kind of like the nursing station, and then before long, he's doing a bunch of laps. But Scott Pollard's just going and going and going. It's like, you know what, this isn't a race. You don't have to get out of there quickly. 13 days is really quickly. But uh, on the other side, 13 days if For you're him, in the hospital. He's like, it's, probably felt like four months, yeah. five months. Get me out of here at this point. So good for him. Absolutely good for him. Um, we've got more to come in our next couple of hours here. Like we said, here's the lineup for the show. We are going to talk with Alan Horton, the radio voice of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, he's going to join us at 8. But in our next hour, of course, we've got our typical things you'll hear from 3 for Madness, brought to you by our friends 
at Fire Wings. We will preview the Kings and the Timberwolves. Also, the NFL Combine is underway. Day one was yesterday. We get to the second day. We'll kind of get our first look at some some draft thoughts as well as the teams are zeroing in on their selections. We'll do all that and more as we continue. But when we come back, we'll look back at last night in the NBA. That is coming up here on Sacktown Sports. 